You are listening to Legion of Substitute Podcasters, episode 646, Legion of Superheroes Future State, part two. Welcome to episode 646 of Legion of Substitute Podcasters. I am Paul French, and today I am not so pedantic Paul, apparently. (laughs) 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 We were just just trying to remember how the hell it was, um, um, you know, what, what, what I had called the previous episode so that I could make sure the titling was consistent so a little bit pedantic just in a different order (laughs) (laughs) all right how about you sir everybody i am during well and tonight i am mr potato head now you may wonder why would i be mr potato head why would you be mr potato head there i have it's a long story paul it's a long story but suffice it to say in toy story 2 mrs potato head packs Mr. Potato Head's angry eyes in his accessory pouch for when they make the trip to go find Woody. Mm-hmm. And I have been having issues with my eyeballs oh, no. for about a month now. Um, they get too watery. I can't see. They sting, that kind of thing. I mean, I can see, but everything is blurry. So it's not good. So I went to the eye doctor finally because guys don't go to the doctor unless they have to. Of course. So I, I take my butt to the doctor, and the doctor looks at me and looks at my eyeballs and says, you have angry eyes. And, of course, I went right there to that scene in my head. I'm like, oh, great. Yeah, I'm Mr. Potato Head. Thanks. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> so suffice it to say, I have, like, seven <laughs> different doses of eye drops now that I have to put in my eyeballs, and I've been keeping them closed most of the weekend um, to uh, try to get my eyes from not being angry because apparently my – Tears are breaking up way too quickly, um, which is making my cornea very scratchy, which is what's irritating my eyeball. Ah. That is the technical medical thing that is going on. Yay. And now that I've bored you, over to Travis. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't promise not to bore you too, but hey, everybody, this is Travis Silasaur, and today I am frustrated tech support lad. (laughs) Uh, So my mother, who I love with all my heart. I knew it was a mom or dad thing. I knew it. <laughs> well, you know, we all get the little tech support calls oh, from yeah. your parents, you know, and I'm used to those. But today went a little above and beyond. They uh, decided they were going to take their camper to a campground and uh, set up today. And so I get a call. And normally they go to some pretty nice campgrounds that have like Wi-Fi, cable TV hookups and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, but this one didn't have any of that, so they decided that they would have an antenna and ha- try to work the TV that way. So she calls me and says, "Hey, explain to me how to get this antenna working on this TV." Now I'm not there. I can't yeah. see any of it. I don't know what they're doing. I haven't seen this antenna. I've seen the TV before, but I've never really fooled with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I. I don't know. Like, do you have a source button on your remote? And then she starts reading off what the thing says on the screen, and it doesn't sound like she's hitting source at all. 
And then I say, hey, is the antenna plugged into the TV? And she says, yeah. Well, I think it is. I don't know. Oh, Lord. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it just... It, it went from I, there. I, yeah. I don't know if they ever got it working, honestly. I, I kept saying, hey, just... Look at the back of the TV. Take take a picture of you know where the plugs are going in. Send that to me. Do something, and you know, I, it just it, it, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I wish they had you know. I was over at their house yesterday. She could have said, "Hey, come look at the camper real quick. Make sure I got this antenna hooked up right." Mm-hmm. Been no problem at all. But no, no, they wait till they're far away. And uh, anyway, that was that was my that was my middle of the day. Over to you, Michael. All right, I'm not uh, nothing so dramatic for me. Um, <laughs> I am a, a little things guy, as I had uh, started to tell the guys before we started recording. Sometimes it's just the little things that make your day. Like I'm actually going to use all the bananas I bought before having to throw them away before they get rotten. Victory! I, I bought. I bought I bought three of them last week and I've already used two, and the other one is still yellow enough that it's edible. So I've got my fingers crossed. Um, that's like I, I can't remember the last time I finished a half gallon of milk before having to throw it out because um, after having to wonder how chunky does oh, milk have to get? Oh, no, no. no. <laughs> wait, wait. How chunky does milk have to get before you decide it's time to throw it out, throw it or pour it down the drain? Not even a little. No. Yeah. You just throw it down the drain or you cap it and make it the trash can problem. But, but, but see, I've got the I've got it easy on these things. I have children and yeah. it is all I can do to keep up with the cereal, the milk, and yes, the bananas. <laughs> I, I've had I've had to start buying Jan um, a secret stash of bananas just so she can actually get a <laughs> look in. A yeah, because yeah. otherwise the kids will uh, will have them gone in no time. So I I, I I definitely now before before we had kids, yeah, we were having the same kind of thing. It's <laughs> you were making banana bread on Friday, yeah, basically. <laughs> yes, exactly. I was going to say, that's the life hack. You got to learn how to make, but freeze your old bananas and make banana bread. Yeah. Well, but the, before I get to that point, they're usually so far gone and mushy that I can't it's even. A, I, yeah, it's a noticing problem, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's too mushy to even peel. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, no. Well, that just means they're getting good. No. Oh, no. you you got you guys with the with the rotted uh, uh, bananas and the chunky milk. I don't know. I mean, I <laughs> I mean, there's only so many cases of food poisoning you need to have before you learn some lessons in life. <laughs> I don't know. Those bananas were pretty brown. My si- my sister and my mom used to make banana bread. Yeah. I, I figured that was well, just the way it was done. Yeah, well, they've been cooked then, so that's okay. They've gone up to a high level that killed all the bacteria. That's oh, great, yeah, but, uh-huh. yeah. You know. <laughs> but not not to peel and eat and walk away because mm. you're going to be visiting Mister Bathroom for a day. Mm. <laughs> oh man, that's oh <laughs> uh, no, thank so you. that's uh, so that's that's my story. That uh, over awesome. you, Jim. 
Hey, everyone. I'm Jim Purcell. And if you thought all those stories were boring, uh, you ain't heard nothing yet. <laughs> because this week, I got a haircut cut, lad. <gasps> you dirty hippie. Yes. My For hair was getting... For the first time in how long? Oh, it's probably been three and a half months. Oh, that's not bad. I usually let it go for about that long because I'm cheap. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought exactly. you were going to say for the first time since lockdown. Oh, goodness, no. This is my third since lockdown. <laughs> uh, but I was in need of one. I was getting quite shaggy uh, in the sides. It was getting kind of itchy and grimy, and I had to get rid of it. I, I did manage to find a new barber, though. I haven't actually had a regular hairstylist in a while. Uh, and This one's actually close to my house instead of 20 minutes away. Uh, so I think I, got, I think I got a decent haircut out of it. So hopefully I'll be going back there in three more months. Hooray. <laughs> Yay. Meanwhile, I, the gay man, go once a month. <laughs> <laughs> we go when we're not in lockdown. I gave myself a guy gardener once when we were in lockdown. Because I'm what like, a get proper the bowl. Bulk, a proper bowl cut? Get, get the bowl out. Let's just go ahead and do this. Looked horrible. So that's when I shaved my head. So. Yeah, right now, I'm just shaving the sides and the back because it's beginning to get warm. Were, were, were there people calling you Ernie? There was no one calling me anything because no one has seen me in the flesh <laughs> in a year. Was that that was it? General General Glory's sidekick was Ernie. Was it? I think so. I I, I thought it was a Burton Ernie reference. Actually. No, no, no. It was uh, it was a, a deep cut uh, JLI uh, reference. Oh, wow. mm. <laughs> Uh, I, I thought you were gonna say that uh, uh, there was a guy gardener thing because you got knocked out with one punch. Oh, womp womp! <laughs> I'm Batman. Oh my! Going to use this voice the rest of the podcast. Rah! It, it it'll, it'll hurt way sooner than yeah. That. It'll yeah. it'll hurt. It'll... <laughs> That's just. Oh, really man. <laughs> hey, so it turns out there's no Legion news this week. That's uh, good and bad news, isn't it? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no yeah, that's a good point. Um but at least uh this week, this past week, we did get a new book. And um so we have one to cover today. Yes, we do. Yeah, so why don't we just like let's get right into it. Let's do it. Alrighty, guys. Uh, I'm going to take the lead on this one. We're going to do Future State Legion of Superheroes number two. As usual, we have two covers. Uh, the main cover and the variant. The main cover is by Riley Rosmo. The variant is by Ian McDonald. Uh, the main one has Saturn Girl in the background. Lots of spaceships. Um, Luornu, whatever she's calling herself now. Looks like, I think that's Superboy, maybe? Shadowlass, Bouncing Boy, Brainiac 7, and Blast Boy, I believe is what the other one's called. Yeah. The variant cover, the exact same characters, except in the top right, it looks like Ultra Boy, but it looks like they colored his costume white. Yeah, he's, maybe he's a white lantern now. They they did they did that on the covers. Uh, something must have changed at some point because he's white on the covers, but he's black in the in the issue. Yeah, but that's definitely yeah. That's the hood and all. That's what he was wearing. So yeah. I don't know. And, and, and that that blast boy with the with the the funky legs. Does he ever get a name in this issue? He does not. He does not get name dropped even once. 
Wow. He was named in the uh, the preview thing that DC put out. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah, and, and also the variant covers where he's colored white, those are painted, so you can't just go in and digitally alter that yeah. easily. Yeah. So might have been, er like Jim says, probably early design. Okay, so let's kick it off. Uh, page one, just like all Legion issues under Bendis, we have a big head, this time Bouncing Boy, and we've got a recap and setup. Uh, there is some interlock at the top. It's the same as last issue. It's the same for all the future state issues. It's like, hey, death metal, something happened, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Okay. <laughs> uh, Bouncing Boy. My name is Charles Tain. I was a member of the first Legion of Superheroes. I am putting this message on the old Computo Legion server, probably for no one. Maybe someone will find it one day. I keep thinking about how the Legion of Superheroes was. It was an attempt to recapture the feeling of the age of heroes in the 21st century. I guess, depending on your point of view, we were either complete failures or absolute successes. We certainly ended up like the original age of heroes. We messed it all up just like they did. We didn't learn anything in a thousand years. Not a damn thing. I'm trying not to judge the value of my life around this. I'm trying to remind myself that this moment is just now and not forever. That there will be something else. Previously, Element Lad, a.k.a. Janara, a one-time member of the Legion, but not someone I knew really well, led his people in an intergalactic attack-slash-invasion across every single planet in the United Planets. Their power to transmute any element created disasters on every single planet. We can't come back from this. It doesn't go back. We will be dealing with this for the rest of our days. In the now, Ultra Boy finally picked himself up and has attempted to reunite the Legion. And they did it! Against all odds, the Legion banded together once again, and they tracked down the worst curating criminal in the entire universe. They found Janara. And there is some um, interlac, and it says, Charles is one of the few Legionnaires from New Earth. Born in the mutated colonies of Detroit, Charles discovered his powers in a very young age. He has been raised and mentored by an artificial intelligence that owned his power set into something of the same Omega power level as Superman and the fallen Monel. Bouncing Boy is often referred to as the most powerful Legionnaire. I, I do love that, you know, they took one of the quote-unquote joke Legionnaires and has made him one of the most powerful. Yeah. Wasn't there a, an Adventure Comics story where Bouncing Boy did become the most powerful Legionnaire? I mean, it was one of those Silver Agey stories where there was a joke at the end, but he makes all the Legionnaires take off their emblems or something. Am yeah, I it was like... That correctly? Uh, um, yeah, back when they were fight, fighting the Wanderers. I think okay. it was like around 372. Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember the details, but I remember some of the imagery. This, this could be a callback to that, or it could just be a coincidence. I don't know at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Is that Phantom Girl coming out there? The bottom right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's just uh, different Legionnaires and the hologram projection stuff. Gotcha. Wait, no, bottom right? That's Shadowlass. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. It's just the way she's pictured. It's an incomplete hologram, I guess. So, looks kind of tenya -y. To this day, Phantom Girl and Shadowlass, I'll get the names mixed up every once in a while. <laughs> oh, it was 375, by the way, not 372. Excellent. Okay. Alrighty, so uh, next page, we get a big double-page spread. DC Comics proudly presents Legion of Superheroes Future State Part 2. Brian Michael Bendis is the writer. Riley Rossmo did the art and main cover. 
you know, I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, Ivan or Ivan Placentia colors. Yeah. Dave Sharp letters. Ian McDonald variant cover. Bixie Matthew, assistant editor, and Brittany Holzer and Jamie S. Rich, editors. Brian Cunningham is no longer on the yeah, credits. Says, yeah, I just noticed that, yeah. Uh, Superboy, created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Shester by a special arrangement with the Jerry Siegel family. Uh, we've got a big spread with Element Lad uh, fighting all the Legionnaires. He's doing something to block who knows he's got some rocks forming on bouncing boy which we saw some of that on colossal boy last issue um we've got uh at the top i don't think it's officially revealed but it is super boy um we've got brainiac block last boy lightning last uh luornu monster boy saturn girl uh shadow last chameleon boy shrinking violet and in the back right there, is that Ultra Boy or Timberwolf? In the back, okay. So at last end of last issue, I actually said it was Timberwolf. Uh, it is It is Joe. It is Ultra Boy. Just without the cloak on. Yeah, he took his cloak off. Got to get serious. Gotcha. All right, and they are on Trom. Um, um, I will say one thing just real quick. I noticed uh, B, uh, Monster Boy here doesn't really change form every time uh, at all. In this story, which I think is unusual because in the past we pretty much see him taking different forms every time we see him. Mm-hmm. He just kind of sticks to this oh. one form the whole time. Maybe he's maybe, stuck maybe like learned that. how to control it. Possibly. Yeah. Alrighty, so uh, Blast Boy says, Element Lad, you're under arrest. And Luana says, Oh, I thought we were here to remove him from reality. And Saturn Girl or Block says, Kill him. <laughs> And Blast Boy says, no. And Block says, no. Brainiac says, we're Legion. We are here to show him some justice. And Emmer says, you know what? I think I'm past it. Bouncing Boy says, yeah, I want his head. Shadowless wants blood. And Chameleon Boy says, he'll take the rest of him. <laughs> this but, seems okay. strangely, out of, strangely out of character. Yeah, they, they, they are not happy with Element Lad. I mean... I don't know if it's because, you know, he destroyed most of the solar system or it's that haircut. I'm not really sure what's going that on. That haircut is special. Yeah. I, it's it's something. <laughs> it is something. He doesn't uh, look like Shaggy anymore. No. No. Sorry. And um, next page. And uh, Element Lad's attacking the Legionnaires here, and they're putting up uh, periodic table symbols, which I think is an interesting effect. Yeah, I like that. Um... So let's see, Shrinking Violet, uh, he's attacks her, he says, it's okay, you don't actually have any authority over me or anything else. And uh, that's, uh, I, one real quick thing, um, it is Shrinking Violet, it is inter- interesting to me that she looks more like her uh, previous Legion design than when we saw her in the uh, uh, yeah, UP Council Chamber. purple. Yeah. I get a feeling that might not be the same character, actually. It may not. It may not be. So. Yeah. And Who knows? That's sodium that she's being put into a block. Mm-hmm. Oh, so she's been stuck in a salt lick. No. Yeah. Sodium not, is not, not salt. No. Nope. Sodium chloride is salt. NaCl. Uh, I was about to say that was sodium. I know my periodic table. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I thought you were skipping on to the next one. No. I, no. I inter- Jim interrupted I, I interrupted me. Okay. <laughs> but but I'll let Michael take over the rest of the periodic table if he wants. Okay, uh, next he's going after <laughs> Monster Boy, Long Live the Legion. And what's the periodic symbol? 
That is a uh, feral lad. Yes. Close, close enough. <laughs> Element feral lad. Yes. Lightning lass. Uh, she's saying, except for you, Genera, except for you. And what do you attack electricity with? Dihydrogen monoxide. Dihydrogen right. monoxide. Um, is that poisonous and fatal? Could be. Also, isn't ah. isn't it a chemical, not an element? Yeah, that's a compound. Yeah. It is, but you know, he did. He made two elements and put them together. Yeah. He's good. Yeah. No, I, I guess I'm really asking: is that you know, is that a common thing that he does? Because I always thought that was like the one thing he couldn't do. That's why yeah, he had he, that chemical he, king tagging along. Now he created dirt before. Oh, he did. Oh, that's right. He makes flowers and stuff, especially this version. Yeah, this version gets pretty complicated. Yeah. Uh, then he goes after Block, and he says, Kurat! And what does he make, Michael? Mercury, which, according to the Metal Men, <laughs> is the only metal that is liquid at room temperature. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I had that ready to go if you didn't. That is so awesome. <laughs> I love that. And uh, then he makes a little platform and he shoots up into the air by creating. Uh, oh, hydrogen. Yes. As, except hydrogen isn't green, but you know. Uh, artistic license. Sure, why not? Maybe on Trom it is. Uh, so anyway, he's uh, there. You know about he's getting away, and uh, Saturn Girl says, "Bounce, Charles, don't lose him." And here we go. I like this next page. This is um, a great page. I love this page. It is a big action page of Element Lad escaping from the Legionnaires, and it's got kind of pan it's kind of a big splash plus it's little panel sort of it's 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 really interesting it's, it's hard to describe neat, it's a neat layout yeah yeah i like it uh colossal boy is trying to grab him he gets away and emmer's saying emmer's thinking what is he doing now and ultra boy says he's running like a coward and joe's right on top of him he's almost got him and uh he says you're under arrest element lad we will never stop chasing you so you might as well stop running and jan says joe don't you see I'm trying not to fight you? And he creates a barrier. And Ultra Boy says, this does not surprise me. No, no, it's not what he says. He says the opposite. This does surprise me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, an element lad uh, escapes under a platform. And Saturn Girl's thinking, good, he should. He was waiting for the Legion to attack him. He thought about nothing else. So I just want to say about this page, the cool <laughs> thing about it is it's really, really hard to do a zigzag panel layout like this and have it flow uh, yeah, properly. Yeah. He makes it work. And by doing it this way with the broken panel, uh, with the panels being all over the place in kind of like different orientations, it, it, it really draws your eye in the correct direction the entire time. Yeah. Very good storytelling from Mr. Riley. Yep. All right. Uh, next page. We see Element Lad, and he's got a circle around his head, and that's the telepathic effect from Imra. And she's saying, it's a perfect distraction. And then someone says, wait, are you reading Janara's mind, or are you planning ideas in it? And she says, a little bit of both. It's his thoughts in his head, his fantasies, memories. I am just keeping him focused on those so we can dig around in his head to see what we can see. And we are revealing that all this fight is not really going on. Yeah, this oh, has all been nice. a big, big uh, uh, fantasy island. Yep. Scenario. Yeah, 
Emmer, Emmer's, uh, Emmer's taking care of all this. So we've got Ultra Boy and Brainiac and... So so all that stuff about them wanting to kill him was all an element element lad's head. Yeah. Yeah, that's his, that's his paranoia, his worries, his fears. And Lightning Lad and Saturn Girl. And she says, he was waiting for us to find him. I'm using that idea to distract him. And uh, they say, so are we in his head or in a room with him? Again, Cosmic Boy. Cosmic Boy. Yeah, it's yeah, Cosmic it's Boy. Co- that's Cos. Not Lightning Lad. I thought no, Cosmic Boy didn't the, show up to a few pages later. but The one in the blue and the black there behind yeah. him. Or I, off to the right of Imra. Yes. I guess. Yeah. Some well, reason actually, I thought that was Lightning actually, Lad. You're right. Hmm. Yeah, Cosmic Boy shows up a couple pages later, so... All right, that is actually odd. He actually isn't even wearing the same costume, really. Yeah, that's not the costume Cosmic Boy had. That's what hmm. Garth was wearing. Yeah. Maybe that's yeah. an error. Maybe. Yeah, unless... And they're not telepathically talking to him yet either, are they? Maybe. No, I, I think Emra's got the channel open to everybody that she's yeah, talking with. It, so, yeah, Cause is, is in the chat room there. It's good, uh, good description of it. And everybody's thought bubbles are different colors. Yeah. Uh, so... Somebody says, I, I must be Brainiac. I love it. And they say, of course you do, Brainiac. Can Jan hear us? No. We're on one psychic plane. His thought theater is on a completely different channel in his head. Then he can't hear how much I hate him. And Emmer says, no, but we'll have plenty of time to, oh. And Brainy says, what? She goes, oh. What did you find? She goes, oh, my crap. And uh, he says, Emra. And she says, it, it wasn't him. Dun dun dun. <laughs> and uh, I don't know who the, the yellow ones are. The yellow, uh, is, yellow is Joe. Pink is Imra. Okay. Uh, Joe says, "What?" She says, it, "It wasn't him. What wasn't him? It wasn't Janera who betrayed and destroyed the Legion and United Planets." And they're all looking at each other. And she goes, "Everyone, just hold on." And uh. Someone says, of course it was. And Brainy says, you're arguing with her? Emra, what exactly are you saying? How could this be? And we see Jan, and his head starts to slowly lower, and he lowers to the ground. And she says, we need Cosmic Boy. And Brainy says, he will not come near this for us. She says, he has to. And uh, all of a sudden, the lad's coming out of it. He says, crap. Mm. Uh so do we do we have to give back a drink for when a legionnaire is revealed as not a traitor? <laughs> God, I hope yeah. not. <laughs> That's going to be messy. Wow, reverse rules. Mm-mm. All right, uh, next we get a double page spread, and we cut over to Daxum, and we've got these got like, kind of like I don't know dolphins or platypuses in the face and they're in little suits and they're doing repair work and I, I like these whatever these are yeah, I don't yeah. know and uh, Cosmic Boy that is there is helping he's moving some stuff around magnetically and uh, Shadowless comes up can I help Rock and he says I don't need your help Tasmia and I don't think you should be here and she's riding in on some shadows and she says we found Janara and he says uh huh did you kill him and she says, of course not. That's not what we do. Rock says, that's fine. I will. Where? She says, it wasn't Element Lad. What wasn't? 
She says, the elemental people of Triumph have been set up. It was all made to look like they were the master plotters and planners of this ultimate act of terror. Saturn Girl wants to show you what she found. Rock says, it was the shape-shifting chameleon boy, wasn't it? She says, why would you say that? And he says, because why would you come to me like this, Reap? In the form of one of my ex-loves. Oh, hello. And dun, 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 it wasn't Shadowless, it was Reap all along. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we got more of the little alien things in the back. I like them. Little dolphin people. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Reap says, Saturn Girl sent me. She wants to talk to you, but respects your genuine hate for her. And he says, because she does karate like this, sending you to me in disguise if she wants to talk to me. And Reap says, this is her talking to you through me. She is in my head talking to you right now, very loudly. What I am telling you, no one knows this outside of a few. No one. And Rock says, I didn't, huh? Except for the little dolphin guys. They know. Yeah, Yeah. they know. Yeah, because they're yelling. Uh, and Rock says, I do not want to hear anything any of you have to. And Reap says, we know. I know. But we needed you to hear me, and we need you to lead us. Rock says, lead? Lead what? It's over. The United Planets, the Legion, it's all over. Reap says, you can stay here, or or you can listen to what we have to tell you. You can lead us in avenging the entire galaxy. And so Rock decides he's going to come around see what's up. Legion Superheroes Headquarters on New Earth. Rock comes in. He lands. <clears throat> he sees I, I got to say, I like the short shorts. I got to say yeah. it. <laughs> I'll I tell was, you what. I was going to say it's, you know, it's just uh, another thing in the long line of Rock having some questionable costumes. He does and, not and, skip and leg day. Yeah, and some questionable feet. I don't know what's going on there, but... <laughs> He's got... Uh, Little bitty feet. Yeah. He's got some life eldism. He should have that looked at. <laughs> and so he's laying there with Emery and he says, take off that stupid thing. And she says, I can't. Why not? She says, come on, Rock. He says, I'm not talking to you with that thing on your head. She's got the helmet thing. And uh, she says, it keeps the thoughts out. It keeps out the loud thoughts. He says, what? You're titanium. Since when do you need enhancements? She says, since this. So if you could be less emotional about me right now, that would be great. And Rock says, the rest of you can come out. And some of the other Legionnaires walk out. And Gar says, we're staying back at her request. And uh, Emmer says, I meant stay outside, Garth. And Brainy says, let's go. She says, it's fine. Ultra Boy says, this isn't a Legion Founders reunion. Listen to what she has to say, Rock. And Rock says, Reap said you know who is really behind the worst disaster in the history of the Galactic. Oh, I am all ears. And uh, he says, did Darkseid return or? And (laughs) Ember looks straight at him and she says, it's me. And then we get a big splash page. And Ember says, my people, Titanians, we are psychic. We work on the psychic plane, which most of your species don't even know exists. When we caught Janner Ra and I looked inside his mind, I found something only someone from my species could find. And only if you were looking for something. And only if you were suspicious. We can't remove things from another's mind. We can only box things up and put them away. Deep, but still there. 
what I found was a little box of the truth. The truth, the elders of Titan originally agreed to let me join the Legion, not because I was chosen as one of the best, but because my psyche was always too passionate, too messy for the collective. They sent me away from them, and they let me believe it was all my idea. What a lovely insult that would be if it ended there. The elders of Titan used me and my passionate psyche to infiltrate the Legion. And then we get a, another double-page spread. And she says, They used me to collect information and start their plans for all of us. They used me to get to Element Lad. They were able to create a subtle and elaborate backdoor psychic channel, eventually spreading to the entirety of Trom. From me to Janara to Trom, my people conquered their people, and they don't even know it happened. And while this is going on, we have a big uh, flashback scene. Oh, I gotta take a sip here. And let me try to identify as many Legionnaires as I can. In the top left, it looks like Lightning Lad, and then to his right is Dr. Fate. Below them, Colossal Boy and Wildfire. Beside Wildfire, we've got Bouncing Boy, uh, Chameleon Boy, Element Lad, Super Boy, and Monel are at the table. Behind them looks like Matter Eater Lad. To his left in the red, that's Saturn Girl, but it looks like she has her hair dark so she must have done something with that at some point uh beside her, them, her hair is dark and they didn't put in white on her <coughs> saturn oh yeah so it's a little yeah the coloring um yeah it's not the normal colors no. uh we don't have geordie this time so there are you know we're used to coloring airs all right to their right shrinking violet karate kid and thorn above them uh we've got uh Radius, slash, uh, no, Entropy Kid. Right. I'm not sure who's sitting beside Entropy Kid. It's I don't know either. Outfit. Looks like Phantom Girl. No, no, no. No, Phantom Girl's over to, to the right. To, to the left. Oh, I can't tell. To the left of Entropy, uh, Entropy Kid. Directly above Saturn Girl. I'm not sure who that is. I don't know. And to their right, uh, it's probably Feral Lad based on the mask. Mm, yeah. Mm. To the right there, we got Cosmic Boy and Shadow Lash, Brainiac 5, below his elbow, Sun Boy. Above them, X-Ray uh, Girl, Phantom Girl, Triplicate Girl, below them, Block, uh, then uh, Radius Slad, uh, White Witch, and Timberwolf. Mm. Sounds good to me. Full house. Yes. It's like a big old spread that Sook does. Mm -hmm. Next panel, we got Titan Elders planned and executed this attack. They did it without lifting a finger, without spending one credit, or casting even a tiny shadow of suspicion on themselves. They attacked all of us, destroyed everything, and let us continue to blame, attack, and kill each other over it. Um, and as you can see, that it looks like Saturn Girl, it looks like she's got some blonde underneath the black there, so maybe that is on purpose. Maybe she dyed her hair. Um, I don't know. It is weird though, because yeah, yeah, it's just it's odd. Maybe it's just it's it, it's her memories. Maybe it's something she's doing. Yeah, I don't know. For some reason, uh, or, the red, or the red overlay is messing it up, or I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Uh, continuing on, Trom still thinks they did this of their own free will. They did not. Titan convinced all of Trom to destroy the impure, imperfect balance of the United Planets. They used all of us. Why? Why would Titan do that? Because, because to Titan, we are all impure of thought. And Brainy says, well, that is true. <clears throat> and also, we saw Gold Lantern and Monster Boy after that. They were in the flashback scene, too. 
Um, next up, we're back out of the flashback scene. The Legionnaires are talking again. And Joe says, Brainiac 5, is this true? And he says, she came to me first. I triple checked. We came to you when we were sure. And Gar says, it's so bad. And Rock says, was it one person or a group? Emmer says, Titan is a hive mind, a collective. Being part of the United Planets connected us to the rest of you. And when they tasted the impurity, it only made Titan's disgust and hatred grow. Uh, Rock puts his arm on her, says, Emra. And she says, I know you never thought much of me, but... And he says, I'm so sorry. She says, I have to make this right. And Rock says, well, we have to make it right, but... I have no idea how we even could. And Gar says, I don't see where we even start. And Brainy says, I have a plan. Joe says, hold on. Hate is an idea. A plan is ideas. Ideas start somewhere. They start with someone. Exactly whose idea was it to destroy the galactic? And we got Imra starting to talk, saying, mother, I'm home. And we get a big Emra splash page. Mm. Titan says, Emra Ardine, your mind is a mess. And Emra says, I would imagine. I need to come back. And I guess that's her mother saying, you cannot. Not like this. You need to do, you need to do some deep cleansing and take that thing off your head. <laughs> and the things on the sides pop off. And there's an energy flow coming out. And mother says, oh, you know. Mm. And uh, Emmer says, "You real or thinks you really thought I never would." The Legion was trying to bring bring peace to the galaxy, and Emmer looks pissed. And her mother thinks, "Except clearly, you cannot. It cannot be done. It is against most of the Galactic's nature. The universe would be unlivable without us." And Emmer thinks, "You've done this to the galaxy before. What else have you manipulated?" And her mother thinks Titanians were given power over the mind for a reason. And that reason cannot be for all these lower forms to just expel their awful chaos onto everything. And Emma thinks, or to help others. And her mother thinks, it is what it is. We will wipe this from the collective and move on to higher callings. And Emma thinks, actually, the Legion of Superheroes has made sure the Galactic was witness to this interaction. Your confession has been broadcast. And her mother thinks, no, it hasn't. <laughs> and Emma goes, oh, and I guess it's time to inform you. The moon Titan has been removed from this side of the gal galaxy and encased in a prison sphere for the rest of time. It is now no longer part of the United Planets. And her mother thinks, what? What? <laughs> Clutch and, uh, the pearls. Mm. And her helmet's starting to come back together, and Emmer thinks, while you were here with your pure thoughts, my friend Brainiac made sure your entire collective cannot hurt any more free-thinking, magnificent creatures of the Galactic ever again. The Titan Collective can eat each other alive to the end of days. And her mother thinks very loudly, you have no right! And Emmer thinks, tell that to the people of Trom and basically everyone else. Uh, Shadowlass now, please. And a little portal made of shadow energy shows up, and she goes out of it, drops out, and Superboy catches her. Shadowlass says, I said, please stand back from the interplanetary shadow portal. And John, with his little pencil-thin mustache, <laughs> says, gotcha. And she says, John Kent, you're back. He says, so did it work? 
she says, I'm here and not there, so thank you. And uh, Shadow Lass says, thank Brainiac. And Brainy says, you're so welcome. Uh, Element Lad, no, it's, I guess maybe it's Garth. Or somebody's saying, what do we do now? And Element Lad says, what we were supposed to do in the first place. Oops, excuse Bless me. You. Uh, and uh, I think that's Joe. Says, go yeah. to school. And uh, Element Lad says, help everyone. And uh, Emmer says, at least now we know what we all have in common. And Bouncing Boy says, all of our parents are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, exactly. And Superboy says, not all of us, but okay. And Brainy says, read the room, John. And uh, John says, just, you know, my dad's pretty great. And then Emra turns her head and says, who are all of, and who are all of you? And the subs have appeared. And Superboy says, some passionate new recruits I picked up along the way. And Pyrolid says, if you need substitutes. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, and Himmer says, Jan. And Element Lad says, the leader of my home planet, Trom, has asked that you come and accept your our highest honor. And she says, but how are you? And he says, I'm beyond grateful, overwhelmed. And Rock says, you did nothing wrong, Janara. And she says, you, and Jan says, you did nothing wrong, Emrardine. And she says, yet yeah, here we are. I can, if you want, make you feel a little less guilt-ridden. I know that might be a tasteless offer after all this, but, and he says, actually, I wouldn't mind it. And Rock says, it will take the rest of our lives, but we're going to make a new normal where we feel protected and safe. And I guess this Ultra Boy says, listen, if we made it through this, we can make it through anything. For all who have fallen, we must fix this. And Superboy says, fix this? And Joe says, yes. If need be, one planet at a time. And Brainy says, I actually have a plan. Joe says, of course you do. <laughs> and uh, Joe says, long live the Legion. And we see a big team shot where they're just coming at straight at us. And that's the end. And we've got everybody there. Uh, Everybody there that's been part of this story, plus the subs, it's a pretty good little group shot. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, that, that ended well. <laughs> yeah, everybody thinking it was going to be super dark, and it actually landed on a pretty good positive note. Uh, totally. Yeah. yeah. Holy crap, no one died in the story? Nope. No one died. No one was really an evil traitor. That's the, subs, the subs aren't bad. They're part of the Legion now. Everything's good. I mean, the Titanians got well, locked in the box. That... Yeah, well. Yeah, so they're, they're the bad guys. They're no the one trusted guys, them anyway. But... Okay. <laughs> yeah, watch, watch Babylon 5. No one trusts the telepath. It's okay. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's old school sci-fi trope, kids. No one trusts the, tele yeah. the telepath. So a lot of people's complaints I heard about number one turned out to be invalid because they hadn't read the whole story. Hmm. That, imagine that. Wait, people so... prejudging things or or not uh, not waiting till the end of the story? That's unheard of. <laughs> Among comic fans? What? what? That never, never happens, sir. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, you know what, I, I, like I said last time, I, you know, it was like the whole thing kind of felt the, 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 the vibe of it, you know, I was just kind of wondering where it was going, and, uh, and I, I think they, they stuck the landing here. 
Um, I gotta say, I mean, I, I like Rosmo's art last issue, but even more so uh, this time. I, I just yeah, those thought, layouts were really cool. Oh yeah, and uh, and and I mean, just the you know, um, uh, yeah, the whole thing. I just I, I just really thought um, the uh, the artwork took a took a bit of a leap uh, from issue uh, one to issue two, and and I mean, I I dug the art in issue one, but I think it was even better this time around. Yeah, I I I, I, I love this art and. I got a bit going on a mini rant real quick. It's just Go ahead. all these internet people saying the art's bad, just bad, are freaking insane. <laughs> got no taste. Well, another thing is people never say, I don't care for this art. They just say it's bad. Like it's it, bad. Like it's a factual statement. You know? Yeah. Yeah, an opinion uh, is not a fact. I, I, yeah. I saw I saw people, I, I saw people saying that the that Legion must be like done because they're throwing these bad artists at it, and I'm like, Riley Razzo is doing like high profile books all the time at DC. They're like one yeah. of their biggest talents right now. Well, I, I mean, I've about? seen people. I saw people saying that Ryan Sook's art was bad, so you know they they. Yeah. It doesn't matter what the art looks like, how it's stylized. People just hate. I mean, when I was a kid, I wasn't a fan of Kirby. Jack Kirby. Yeah. Like, Jack Fol- freaking Kirby. Follies of use. You know? I mean, <laughs> that was my opinion when I was, was, when I was yeah. a teenager. And it's like, yeah, I don't really like that work I'm seeing. That's a, that's a yeah. you know? That's, that's good. I hadn't really looked at it like that. It, it is... Kirby influenced in that respect that it's bombastic superheroes, not realistic, you know, more like Sook. Um, and I, and, and Ditko can be the same way. You know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't like it worked on Spider-Man, but it did not work on the Legion. Yeah. Um, but I, I'll be the one to say I didn't care for uh, for the art in this two-parter. And and it, see that's okay because that's an opinion. It's yes. not like it's I mean I'm bad. not gonna I'm not gonna say it's not like an extreme exagger uh, exaggeration cartooning. It, it's definitely not for everybody. Mm-hmm. But to just say that it's amateurish, that it's that it's that it's not you know professional is just flat out wrong. And that's what frustrates me the most is that people don't recognize the skill involved of, of doing it like this. Well, I mean, artists evolve, right? Look at Giffen on great darkness saga and look at Giffen on five years later. Right. You would swear that's two different people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not just five years later, but Omen and profit. Well, true. That was, that was, that was a year later. Uh Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Giffen in his earliest work was almost house style when he started out. Yeah, and it took a long time for him to evolve his own. He was he was trying to get into the business, so he wants to draw like Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, yeah, yeah. right? Because <laughs> that's the job. That's right? how you I want to keep my job <laughs> and let me like I got to do some cool stuff in that Doctor Fate backup, right? Where he was playing with the shape of the onks and all that mystic stuff. Mm. You know, and you could see the beginnings of what his style would become there. Yeah. But when like, he came to Legion, it was all future sci-fi, make it look like Star Wars and Star Trek, you know, because that's what Legion is. You know, that's, right. yeah, that is the genre that Legion is firmly placed in. But 
I, I have no respect for anyone who says that art is bad when they're not looking at the, the depth and breadth of other comic book artists mm -hmm. like Durango or... I see a lot of Frank Miller in Miller. this. Just in the, you know, like how Miller was during like Dark Knight and Ronin and things like that, where it was, uh, you know, you could tell that it was superhero, but it's not your traditional George Perez superhero. Yeah, yeah, it's more stylized, for sure. Yeah, that's actually, actually that's a great comparison. nothing wrong yeah. with that. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I, I went back and I started reading uh, Cowboy Ninja Viking. Oh, yeah. And in, in, in just making that comparison of that early uh, breakout hit work, the the art uh the art isn't as refined as it even is here. Uh, no, they have, and I mean that they, was that was like what 10 years ago? Sure was. Yeah. And put side by side with what they're doing now, you can tell 10 years have passed. They've improved sure. by uh, leaps and bounds. Of course. I mean, yeah, there, there's there's natural evolution there all, always. But um yeah, I mean that um that's where I first became aware of uh, of of Rosmo. And, I uh, uh, I didn't become aware until the Martian Manhunter series from two years ago, and that series is fantastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Neat. All right, so <laughs> there it so is. That's so, yeah, the, uh, that's, that's the last for you. <laughs> that's the last issue for uh, for a while. Yeah. At some yep. point, uh, we'll know what's happening, and uh, you know maybe. And um, until then, we won't, and it's okay. That's just the way it is. Yep. Well, yeah. for those for those of you who have been reading all of Future State, how does this tie into the bigger story, or is there a bigger story? That there is no bigger it? story. Yeah, I don't think any of these have bigger story tie-ins. They're really supposed to just be a glimpse into the future of these things. Uh, I'll give you my quick opinion on. I read most of the Superman tie-ins. I read how I read House of L. It's the only other one I read. I let's see this. Uh, hold on, let me give you my my quick rundown. Of my my opinion, which you can take or leave. You know how that is. Uh, I read the Superman Man of Tomorrow, which is the one about John Kent. Uh, that was, that had some lovely art. The first issue kind of showed some of the, he, he's the Superman of the Metropolis at that point, And they show kind of like a brief one panel glimpses of some of his villains he's fought. And they have one panel where they say he fought the time luchadors, <laughs> which are luchadors who prevent, who do time travel crimes. And that looked more interesting than anything else. Genius. Wow. But wow. otherwise, the uh, story on that uh, two-part story, I did not care for. It was like, just, I don't know, kind of dark and a mess. It had backup stories, which had good art, but the stories were kind of, eh. Uh, the Future State Supergirl, which is Superwoman, had awesome art, lovely art, uh, kind of painted art. Yeah. But the story on that was just kind of, eh, it's kind of Supergirl off on her own, just... I, I don't know, like wanting no interaction with Earth, really. I, I don't I don't get all this. Just so are these were these supposed to be the tie-ins for that G five? I have no thing idea. That was supposed to like be the, the AT and T tie-in. The, the no, the the original concept was that all the titles were going to time skip and it was going to stick. 
And this might be some of those premises. I don't know. And the the general consensus is a lot of these titles are those premises realized, but as an event instead of the status quo. Yeah. And so the the other ones I read, uh, the Superman Worlds of War. Otherwise known as Leather Daddy Superman. Yeah, the main story, fantastic. Grimbor Superman? Where? Yes. And that was written by... uh, what was his name? Uh, Phil, Phil, Philip Johnson, who's going to be the new writer on the Superman oh, books. Oh, yes, right, yeah. Okay. And that was, the main stories on those were really good. The art, fantastic. The backups, yet again, good art, but a mixed bag of stories. Didn't really do it for me. Uh, Superman versus Imperious Lex. I read that two-parter. That is amazing. That is, I, If you buy one other book, buy that one. It's, it's basically a big Lex Luthor story. And it is done just perfectly. Like it's got a lot of humor and just Lex being Lex. You know, he just that he's screwing one, over everybody. That one's a one shot, right? Uh, no, it's two issues. It's two issues. Okay. Is it, is it two or is it three? Uh, I don't just, think any. I don't think any feature states. Yeah, I think all of them were all two. Uh, no, I'm just looking at uh, at a listing, and they they list a one to three on that one. A oh, one wow. to wow. F- a one to four on Dark Detective and a one to four on the next Batman. Yeah, they were coming out um, like every two weeks instead of every four weeks. Well, there there oh, was no number months. three to this, so gotcha. Huh. To, right, to some to some issues there were, but not all, obviously. Oh yeah, okay. So I think some of the anthology ones, the bigger ones, were four issues, and they were every two weeks, like like you said. And I also read the. Uh... The Future State Suicide Squad, because that's where uh, Connor Kent, that was his book, uh, shows him in the future leading the Suicide Squad. Um, the Suicide Squad story was pretty good in that. Uh, that's written by Robbie Thompson, who will be writing the new Suicide Squad series. Right. And it had a backup story about Black Adam, and it took place in the timeline of DC One Million. And... Uh, it was pretty good. No, no, I enjoyed that, and I read House of L like Jim did. I thought that was a pretty good story. Uh, it takes seems place to be... a little, probably a, I'd say what? What would you say, Jim? Takes place maybe probably a hundred years before before Legion. the Legion. Yeah, something yeah, like that. It's in the it's the timeline says in the thirtieth century. So, uh, so I guess well. Yeah, yeah we're in the, the 31st, so... So yeah. in the last 100 years. Because it, it does seem to be like what the Kryptonians did before they settled on their new Krypton planet uh, that we saw in Legion. Also, um, I don't know if anyone else read Electric Warriors uh, no. when that came out a couple no. years ago. That was another uh, future DC's title. And in that, they actually had the United Planets, except it was a very different United Planets to the one that we see in Legion. Right. So House of L if it's canon in any way, shape, or form, uh, actually explains sort of how the United Planets might have changed from what it was in Electric Warriors to what it is in Legion. At least that is now my headcanon for now. <laughs> yeah, well, that that which is as, as good a canon as any of them these days, so. And I'm looking at the end of the book uh, in Comixology. I'm sure it's the same in the uh, the printed edition, but there's an ad at the end for Infinite Frontier number zero. Yes. On sale in March. So I'm guessing they're saying, hey, after Future State, 
hop on here and find out what's going on, but I don't see a Legionnaire anywhere on that. that yeah, I, I did take a look at that at that picture, and uh, and yeah, it, it is devoid of Legionnaires. Oh, but you know where there is a Legionnaire? Oh, wait. Where? In Generation Shattered. Superboy and the, and the, and the Silver Age Legion, uh, f- not uh, Superboy features in it, but the Legion makes an appearance. Oh, okay. Uh, in, yeah, DC Generation Shattered. I imagine that they probably, much like uh, Wonder Woman, they have to keep Superboy publishing now because uh, of that agreement maybe. <laughs> with the uh, Siegel and Schuster families. Well, I mean, I mean, a Superboy is in Suicide Squad, so. Wow. But uh, as I understand wow. it. We call uh, that bad casting. So Someone else <laughs> here read Generation Shattered, right? I did. Yeah. Uh, so apparently there's something really wonky going on there with like timelines and stuff. Um, yeah, it was barely mentioned on one page, and like all the news sites made giant articles about it. That, yeah, okay. it was the whole thing with uh, yeah. yeah. Um, the uh, what was it? The um, the basically a sliding time scale. Yeah. I don't know. But not just a sliding time scale. Like like everyone's like like really slow aging. So the Batman from the 30s is literally the same guy who's in the 2000s, and it's just he lived all these events through his entire life. Yeah, it, 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 it's explaining something that didn't need explaining. Much like, <laughs> much like um, when they were trying to explain how the Legionnaires could have grown up, but yet they're still calling them lad and boy and lass. Mm. And I can't remember what issue that was in, but um, two thirty-five. It was two thirty-five. <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah. You know that that story that at the time they had they they didn't have the good sense not to publish it, but yeah. at least afterwards they had the good sense to run the hell away from it. Yeah, that's, mean, the, that's the story that Paul Levitz says. Okay, yeah, I, if I could take one story back, it would be that one. Exactly, and and this is from a guy who uh, feels that he whiffed it in killing the Earth Two Batman. So, which, which brings me to a point I was just going to mention: if the Batman from the '30s is the one we have in the 2000s, uh, Huntress has been around since the '80s, '70s, right? Yeah, I think that would be the implication: is when they're introduced, is when they're bo- is when they're we're from. And mm-hmm. and again, this is, you know, comics comic, it, it, comic again, readers have been dealing with the, have been dealing with like okay, so. Um, you know, the, the, uh, the fantastic four, you know, okay. So Reed and Ben were, were, they fought together in world war two. No, now it's Korea. No, Korea. no now, now it's, it's Vietnam. Vietnam. Now it's the Gulf war, you know? And it, and it's like, and we understand Af- the idea. Tony was held prisoner in the MCU in Afghanistan. Yeah. So. We, we can, we, we can handle it. that. And, yeah. uh, and, and so they're explaining something that does not need to be explained. And, uh, I, mean, I you know... I've been over this, where once they start fiddling with the pillars of your characters, the, 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 the central characters that everyone touches eventually, yes. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Yeah. Once they start messing with those pillars, everything goes awry. Because there's going to be that whole series, not just a yeah. story, but a whole series... That is now, well, what do we do with the Sword of the Atom? When did that happen now? You know, dot, 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 because of Flash's trial. When did that happen? And 
so on and so forth. Though Black Canary replaced Wonder Woman in the Justice League. I guess that makes sense as long as Wonder Woman never used her super strength to solve a problem. Because she's a martial artist. I mean, there are so many things that go screwy once they start moving those pillars around. And it's just ridiculous that they flip over backwards trying to fix problems that don't need fixing. Problems that they create. Yeah, but they really don't need fixing at this point. You just say, hey, it's an imaginary story. They they literally just did a series where they talked about how when you mess with Superman, it changes everything. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, do you guys even read your own books? I don't think they do. I really yeah, I, I think it, it really depends on whose ego is in the big chair. Yeah. Yep. And it what really they does. decide. And, and like, what does what does the parent company want out of this right now for cross-promotional purposes? And that's that's the other shoe that has... Apparently, I mean, we can like dig on Didio, but you've got to admit that when he was like the person in charge, there was a stronger sense of a direction for the company. Yep. It may have gone in different weird places that were mistakes, but at least there was a direction. And right now it's event after event, crossover after crossover with nothing building upon anything really because it's all going to change in another year yeah or less or less. it's like yeah. it's like yeah. they've just they've just spent two or three years doing all this black uh metal and dark metal stuff mm-hmm. and it just seems like not so much that it didn't matter it just seems like they were building up to throwing it all away well i mean wonder woman's gone now she's off the page for a while i mean now we have a new wonder woman which is fine your characters, you have to rest characters for a while, and that's okay. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with resting a character. We it's happened before. Flash and Supergirl died, and now they're on TV. Okay, yeah. so it happens. Yeah. But <laughs> you know, there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason. No character development is what I'm saying. That is basically pushing these issues forward. It's all editorial mandate. Right. And that is a problem when you have creators and they're just said, yeah, I know you proposed this, but we're going to do this. So write that story. Yeah. It's all, it's all plot driven and, and, and not character driven. And that's, that's where you run into problems with that kind of thing is that, yep. that uh, all you're doing is what is the next thing instead of what, but what does it mean for that character? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, Hey, I'm the first to, to uh, rag on, um, on uh on on you know burns uh superman you know mainly for what it did to the legion um but at least there everything was all about but how does this affect him yeah and um and you know what like like so when they're throwing it when they're throwing superman through the ringer and that it's like it's because there is a greater purpose of the but what does this mean for the character uh-huh. And um, and they had a good few years where they were really focused on that, and then they killed him and 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 brought him back, and everything became what what's the plot that what's the plot? And instead of talking about how it affected him, it was just what's happening, and uh, and there was never a. Um... Well, I mean, what's the story about that? I mean, Byrne had left the book by that point, right? Yes. Oh yeah. And they they were going to marry Lois and Clark off 
so that they could be a married couple finally. But then um, Jeanette Kahn got ABC interested in Lois and Clark. So they decided not to marry them off together because they had to keep that sexual tension going. Yeah. yeah. Because everyone picks up Superman for the sexual tension. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's when Jerry Ordway famously said, documented, let's just kill him. Yeah. And that's how that started. You know, and there's nothing wrong with killing off Superman. There's nothing wrong with that being an idea and saying, let's plot a couple of years around that. There's nothing wrong with that. They was, used to do it like every uh, two years in the Silver Age. Sure. But but in this case, it was their way of saying, like, we're going to have a stretch where uh, where where he's not there anymore. And it and it really was a again, it was something where, yes, it was very it was definitely very, very uh, plot driven. But at the same time, it also told a lot about the DC universe. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and how important uh, Superman was to it, and um, and and so so it, it it had some some meaning for a lot of the characters, and uh, and even you know Superman coming coming back after, you know I, I do feel that's that 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 sort of not long after he came back is where the wheels kind of fell off there, but. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I would I would agree with that be, yeah. because then everything was all about just the uh, you know what what big thing can we do do we think this can get us on CNN again uh, and seriously it, like that's that's what that became they 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 kind of kept you know chasing that and it's like um I mean we all knew Superman was coming back they were not course, killing yeah. off one of their major money making characters yeah. you know that just wasn't going to happen. But then you start getting bogged down in the events where they're just killing characters left and right for no reason. Yeah. You know, and I know it's like, well, we're going with heightened realism. Okay. (laughs) But enough, you know, have a reason for these characters to be changed. When you bring back second stringers from a defunct Teen Titans run just to kill them off in a couple of pages. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that seems to me that is desperation, for sure. Well, the early '90s were kind of a wild west time. Yeah, but this happened in the 2000s. Yeah, <laughs> this was ten oh. years ago. <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, this wait, is, this is infinite crisis. Yeah, I was that thinking, was I'm thinking of different. I was thinking of different second stringers. Oh, oh, you mean they've done it before? Dun, uh, dun, yeah. dun. Uh, I mean, eh, just eh, enough, just write good stories about good characters and stop rebooting every five months. Yeah. I mean, that, there's, there's no way people can get invested in these characters. I stopped buying comics from DC because I no longer recognize the characters because their personalities are not the same as they used to be. They've, they've lost like that, those kernels of who they are as heroes. You know, and that that's that's a sad thing to say. To be fair, Infinite Frontier appears to be a soft reboot. Um, it's it's still Rebirth era. It's mm-hmm. but it's just kind of a, supposed to be like a jumping on point for everybody. <laughs> well, as we've said before, jumping on points are also jumping off points. Yeah, yeah that's true. They, they they did they they did just end basically end every title they had for two months. Yeah. Okay, so so think back when Crisis ended and all those angry fanboys 
what do you mean my comics no longer matter? You know, I mean, there was a lot of that at cons. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like when I started going to cons for the first time. That was before the interwebs. And you heard people, DC did what to who? You know, and there wasn't a place to gather online and type like an angry cat about the art being bad <laughs> and what they've done to character X, Y, and Z because it didn't exist. But we're seeing that now, you know, that I don't want to call it toxic fanboyism, but there is that element out oh, there. Yeah, there is. But I understand the frustration of fans who really care about a character who spend money mm. on a book for a year or two, and then suddenly that character has been killed off or changed irrevocably because probably they're not one of the higher selling characters. You know, you, you know that the big seven are probably going to stay the same with some changes here. And there's some tweaks yes, that yeah. will gradually come back. Right. But then the further out you get from the pillars, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, the more likely it is that character that you love. Once they get killed, they're gone. And, and I mean, it happens on both sides of the fence too. Right. Oh, totally. I mean, so, so you get, um, you, you know, you get uh, is just guilty, <laughs> you, you know, you know, it's like, oh, oh, Spider-Man's uh, possess, you know, his he's got uh, Doc Ock's brain now. And, uh, you know, he's come, you know, it's it's all changing back. But OK, so this is what we're doing for now. Um, do, you re do you remember the whole Captain America Hail Hydra thing and how crazy oh, everyone went? Yes. Oh, my Did God. Did they never read a comic book before in their lives? No. no. <laughs> and I love that they put it in the movies. Yeah, that was kind of like a yeah. You see this? <laughs> that was that was a hard wink and a nudge, and I laughed, and and everyone kind of like, when I was in the theater when that happened, they kind of giggled, but I don't think they understood the depth of my laughter about that. <laughs> I was thinking about all those fanboys screaming about Steve Rogers would never say Hail Hydra, but don't worry, I'm sure Marvel Comics is going to find a new ongoing for Monica Rambeau very shortly. <laughs> But, but he did, but no he did Blanche. Reason, he did. Right? <laughs> yeah, I know. He did, Blanche. He did. He did say that in the elevator. Uh, <laughs> all righty. All right. Yeah, um, I love this when we rant. We're good when we rant. There we go. Exactly. I, I, I just want to, I, I know I probably shouldn't extend this out much further, but <laughs> I'm not, I'm not personally not sure I subscribe to the idea that. Uh, just because things get derailed that the stuff previous doesn't matter anymore because it mattered to me, damn it. Well, that's the feeling of many fans. But then you have the other fans who say, I just bought all these comics and the company who published them says these comics no longer matter. That's why hypertime became a thing. I don't know. I think, I think that's an extreme reaction that I don't, uh, maybe I'm, because I'm, I've experienced, maybe it's because I, I read a lot of comics piecemeal uh, maybe, throughout yeah. Because I'm an older fan, so I go back and I read stuff, you know, in pieces. And so the pieces I find were the, you know, it, it, it mm -hmm. it's just not important to me as much that it goes on forever and stays like the same characters I've always known. It's it's the parts that that the best parts of it that matter. It's the, the choice cuts, and, and that that's personal continuity, right? And and, 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 and it's about that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's continuity versus consistency. 
You know, like, it is so, it so, is the the these are these characters behave the way I expect them to and and that sort of thing versus the this happened then that happened wait this must have this would have been on the wednesday between that issue and that issue and uh and why aren't they acknowledging it uh, that those are very different things yeah you know where where it's got to fit into a particular timeline that's and that's not you know i mean well that's what that's the craziness that started crisis right? i mean it's well, yeah. it's the it's, yeah it's, it's the challenge of comics that go on for 60 years yeah it's not Absolutely. it's it's just so such a unique situation to have a story that goes on so long that you have to change who's actually writing it, yeah. who's drawing it. Yeah. You don't get that in other mediums. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just you it's very unique to comics. It really is. Because when a when a book ends, I don't get angry that the book I just read doesn't matter anymore because there's <laughs> no more books coming out. I know, right? I I, I think the fact that you have world building being done for now, what, 80, yeah. 80, 90 yeah. years yep. um, in DC and timely than Marvel and, and some other companies that were eaten up by those two companies. Um, I, I think that that's a huge endeavor and to try to wrangle it is a mess. Yeah, no doubt about it. But I, I, like I said, I mean, we may not have agreed with everything that Dan Didio did, but without someone really strong at the helm, it just seems like DC right now is floundering mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah, but you also get the feeling that that may not be any one single person's fault. It's really – it seems to be the parent company restructuring that is, yeah. that is – And it has been going kneecap. on – but but that, that sort of thing has been going on forever. I mean that sort of thing was happening when um, – When Marvel – well, editor in chief changed it, like oh come on like like think shirts. about this think about this in uh y- you know when um mark wade takes over um legion flash right no when oh, he took flash. over flash okay. just just as an example he, he you know he takes over flash and he brings francis kane into into the flash book, oh yeah right and and the Magenta. way and the way the story is described it it is so radically different from what we've seen of Francis came before. Right. And mm-hmm. it is, uh, um, and so it is a completely different take and it, and it, it ends up being just kind of a, like we're changes, you know, it, it's not just that, that crisis changed things. It's that things changed after that too. And they, they changed, you know, bit by bit. And, uh, and then all of a sudden it's, uh, it's like, Oh, you know, I know that, um, I know that John Burns said that uh, that um, you know that Krypton was this place just like uh, in the in the movies, um, but we've decided we're going to go back to it being like in the in the Silver Age. Again. In the Silver Age, yeah. yeah. And uh, and so so I mean this stuff you know it's been going on forever, uh, you know where where someone decides you know and and to be fair, part of it is they're saying are we going to let a a um you know a, a, a sort of an irrational uh love for something that happened before even if we don't like it mm-hmm. um are we gonna let that get in the way of a good story yeah and it shouldn't right right but, i mean it really shouldn't but but, but it's, a dub- it's a knowledge it's a double-edged nudge. sword like yeah like, it totally is it totally is <laughs> so. i remember the first Teen Titans book I picked up was the Francis Kane issue. 
Yeah, yeah. So she she is actually a touch point for me in the DCU, believe it or not, because of that mm. connection. Yeah, yeah. And then when I saw her years later, I mean, she was a reluctant hero at best, and sometimes um, not even wanting to be, you know, with powers and, and such. And then when you see her in Flash as a psycho yeah. who has yeah, well, that's, magnetic that, powers, saying, it's like, yeah. what happened? What happened, Francis? Yeah. You don't look so good. Yeah. And they, they explained it away by saying that the magnetic powers had caused her personality to be bipolar i'm like oh god really, really? <laughs> bipolar really is that what you're gonna use okay and i just rolled my eyes i'm like okay it's fiction let's roll with yeah, it yeah <laughs> yeah well there's that but i'm like obviously no science was ever consulted <laughs> for this <laughs> ever be a thing but you could say the same thing about the showcase run back in the silver age all those books not in canon anymore. It's true. All those characters' origin stories have all been changed. All of them. <laughs> yeah. But they're canon when I'm reading them. Exactly. But you have people who believe that if the company doesn't think it's canon, then they don't matter. And that's right. the problem with those, I don't want to say it, but those kind of fans, that's an issue. Mm -hmm. I, I have some old adventure comics, and they're wonderful, and I love to read them. And they're in canon because they're in my my long boxes. Thank you very much. Yeah. You know, doesn't matter that DC is not going to go back and publish the old adventures of Black Orchid. <laughs> I mean, she got retconned by Neil Gaiman, and he's a wonderful writer. But those yeah. are some pretty cool stories. Totally. Back in the adventure days. Totally. Br bring back Dick Dicko's uh, Shade the Changing Man. I know, right? Yeah. Bring back Buana Bees. Take a drink. Hey, now. We haven't had a. We haven't wow. had Buana Bees in a long time. Dang. Well, uh, yeah, that's when we were reading Silver Age comics, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Mm. I mean, are, are we are we supposed to take a drink when Darren goes on a rant? Yeah, I think, so. <laughs> I think I think we're I think we're all ranting we, together we are, we are as a family, as a friend, as a friend group. We're ranting together. Indeed. You know, I I just would like DC to instead of picking a and it became a joke on the show, a bold new direction every five minutes. <laughs> Yeah, and that's, that's direction and stick to it for a little bit. Let's <laughs> let the readers get accustomed to it. it As does opposed seem... to going, you know what? It's five months. We need a big uh, company wide crossover because we can put out number ones and those sell. Yeah, that does seem to be DC's biggest problem is they do it too often. Mar Marvel does it, but they don't do it as often and they don't do it as dramatically. Although they, they although they, they are cursed yeah. with doing at least three uh, events a year. Mm -hmm. Which uh, this whatever this thing's going on with this symbiote god thing is not very interesting. <laughs> Neither was onslaught. Let me tell you. Mm -hmm. Okay, that was actually well. Onslaught is actually one of the few cases where they did the hard reboot or yep. the hard restart. That's one of yep. like the rare. It's it was That's almost their crisis. Case. Yeah, it was. It was almost a crisis. Yeah, and, but it was rare for Marvel to do that because mm -hmm. that was a DC thing. DC does that, you know. They made a clear delineation that these Avengers titles and the Fantastic Four are done. We're trying something new. That didn't work. So we're going to do it. We're going to try it again. We brought them all back. <laughs> and this time it'll work. Yeah. This is the one that works. Yeah. Well, that, that was all intended to be temporary, though. I don't know. I, I, I get the impression that if it had been successful, it would have stayed. But I think putting the people on those books that they did basically doomed it from the start. Well, well they, they all they all had one year contracts. contracts, so yeah. Oh, is that yeah. it? Yeah. 
They were never yeah. going to tell us it wasn't going to be permanent because they want you to buy the books. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, that would be shooting themselves in the foot, right? So, eh, you know. All right. Well, let's. Uh, <laughs> what else we got? Let's move into some trivia, Michael. Oh, I was there expecting is. feedback, but okay, I'll, well, do, I'll do, we'll feedback do trivia. Because feedback always goes into, you know, you know. Ranting. <laughs> you want me to do trivia? I got, yeah. I yeah, got my it. trivia called up. Yeah, go for it. All right, so uh, as we've done before, I have a series of 10 questions, and each one of you is going to pick a number between 1 and 10, and then I will pretend to read that number. Ah. 4.5 uh, That is a number between 1 and yes. 10 A whole number A whole number Just, a whole just number. round up if, if people are going to be jerks about it <laughs> <laughs> Well do you want to round up or round down Because those are two different questions In math 4.5 you'd round up Yeah. Alright question number 5 In terms of DC history Corporate history uh, Legion number 294, which was the last issue of the Great Darkness Saga, did something that no DC book had never done before. And I'm not talking about like Superboy and Supergirl punching out Darkseid. What was special about that issue? Oh. <laughs> Is this for anybody or just? Yeah, yeah. anybody. Oh, anybody? Oh, uh, okay. Anybody. All right, I'm buzzing in. All right. Having the title. Uh, name of the title uh, not be the regular like uh, logo, right? With the with the big Legion of Superheroes logo on the cover. That was the issue before that one. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. But it was a good guess. Um, I think uh, like Batman did it in the uh, in the 60s, like when Blockbuster came in and squished the logo. Oh. That's, that's what comes to mind for me. I wasn't sure if D DC hadn't done that yet at that and, point. And, and they, they hadn't did, done they it did, often, for sure. Yeah, and they did it a lot with Flash as well. Yeah. Um, any any guesses? Uh, it's certainly not the fact that it was like double-sized because a lot of books were double-sized, you know, anniversary issues and things like that. So, hmm. Excellent. Well, you're, you are halfway there. I'm halfway there? Are you kidding me? Wow. I'm not kidding. It was the, uh, according to Paul Levitz, it mm -hmm. was the first time that DC had published a double-sized book while the series was regular size without it being an anniversary oh, issue. Oh, without it being oh. an anniversary. Got it. Yeah. And, and without the book being mostly reprints. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll, I'll so take you, a half point for that one, sure. Yeah, we'll give it to you. Mm -hmm. All right, you want to pick the next number between 1 and 10, not including 5? Not including 5. Let's go with lucky number 7, sir. All right, 7. This is an easy one you should get. What were the names of the members of the original Wanderers, and what were their new names once they got their own series? <laughs> okay, so Psyche uh, and Quantum Queen kept their names. Correct. correct. Celebrand didn't have a new name because he was the leader and the cloning process did not work for him. Correct. Correct. So we had um, Dartalon and Dart. And I think Dart was the original name. And Dartalg. Dartalgs. Dartalg, sorry. And Dartalon was the new name. Correct? Correct. We had 
uh, Elvo and Elvar. Yep. I'm not sure which was the new one, though. I think Elvo was the Elvo's old... original. Oh, yeah. Elvo's the old one. And yeah, so Bird Guy Ornitho was his original yep. name, and Aviax became his new name. Yep. And Immorto and uh, Reanimage. Yep. I told you it was an easy one. That was sure, these, these sure are some names. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were some names, all right. All right. Paul, you want to uh, you want to pick a number? Uh, let's go with eight. Number eight. <laughs> okay, here's a good one. In the Silver Age, and and I'm specifying everyone up to, but not including Wildfire. Uh, it, almost every member had a name that fit the pattern of a power description and a gender or age, like Karate Kid, Dream Girl, Princess, Projectra. Everyone else in the Silver Age was a kid, boy, girl, lad, last king, or princess, mm -hmm. except for which four Silver Age legionnaires? Ooh. Brainiac 5. That's one. Monel. Two. Shrinking Violet. Three. But isn't Violet a feminine? Violet no. or flowers? It's, it's, it's not a boy, girl, lad, last type. Yeah. yeah. And a uh, mm. Chemical King? Nope. No, King's King doesn't count. King implies gender. Timberwolf, Lone Wolf. Timberwolf yeah. is, the, is the fourth one, yeah. yeah. Yep. That's a great question. <laughs> All right, uh, Jim, I think you haven't picked a number yet. What numbers are not picked? Uh, one, two, three, four, six, nine, and ten. All right, four. Number four. Okay, from when Paul Levitz came on board as writer in Volume 2 up until the end of Volume 3, which was a run of over 100 issues, which four people were given some sort of writing credit, co-writing credit, along with Levitz? Mm. Ooh. Okay. One is Conway. No, not Conway. Uh, Mindy Newell. Mindy Newell is one. I would say Keith Giffen is probably another one. Keith Giffen is the main one, yes. Yeah. Number two. Mm. Was it was it another artist? Was it was it Jim Starlin? It was one writer. Oh, I forgot about Starlin actually. Yeah. So okay. So that makes. But was that a co-credit, or did Starlin get full credit on the on the issue that he did? I actually can't remember. Uh, ooh, yeah, I'll have to go look that up. Yeah, me too. But but, but it wasn't one of the ones I was thinking of. There's one writer and one artist mm. who get the other two co-credits. Um, Larry Malstead. Did not get a co-writing credit. Did Lytle? Lytle might have. Yep, he got a co-writing okay. uh, on Baxter number 23, which was the um, uh, the Monel freaks out because he might have to go back to the Phantom. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So yeah, in, in Murder Most Foul, Starling gets the plot credit and Levitz gets the dialogue credit. Okay. So I forgot about him, but... Uh, so but there's, there's another still, one. There's still one other, <laughs> one other writer. Ooh, this is a good question. This is a great question. 
Oh. Uh, would it be any of that Superboy, Death of Superboy oh, stuff? Would I, I it think, be, uh... I think I remembered. Okay, go for it, Jim. But I forgot, the, but I forgot his name. Oh, <laughs> then you didn't remember, right? So is it, <laughs> so is it Dan Jurgens? Nope. Okay. It's Roy Thomas. Roy Thomas. Oh, okay. Because remember, uh, um, Roy did the, uh, the plot and Levis did the script for the last couple issues of the uh, Reflecto saga. Saga, 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 saga. But didn't, didn't he do those with Conway though? Those were the first couple. Then the last couple, he did it with Levitz. Correct. Oh, that's right. That yes. was that transition point between the two. Yes. That's, that's why, right. that's why, that's why, that's why I initially thought it was Conway, but I forgot that yeah. Thomas was in the middle there. The the, sand, the jelly to the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because yeah, he did the those two, and then uh, and then of course uh, Thomas did the wildfire issue, and then it was Levitz. Right. Mm. Nice. Is that it? I mean, uh, you you want any more, or you want to uh, <laughs> keep going? Let's uh, let's do a couple more. All right. Uh. I count that Ayla Rands has used six different... 85,000 different names. I only caught six. <laughs> Across all Legion continuities, uh, name those six plus any that I forgot. <laughs> so, like, superhero okay. names or any name? No, it had superhero name. So she was Lightning Lass? Correct. She was Light Lass? Correct. Yeah. She was Spark? Mm-hmm. She Gossamer. was Gossamer. Mm-hmm. Yep. She was Lightning Lad. Yeah, she uh, was Lightning I was Lad. Yeah. If, I was wondering if anyone was going to get that one. <laughs> and she had she had a code name in the five year later when they went Legion on the run, and I forget what it is. Oh, yeah. Was that... Hold on. Wasn't she also Gossamer? Yeah, I already that. said yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, that, that was uh, Reboot Light Sorry. Lass. Reboot Light Lass. So what? It's, it's also um, SW6. Uh, Light oh, Lass, right, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. Oh, okay, thank you. It was. Mm. Hold on. But I know she had a different name. Pulse. Pulse. Pulse, that is correct. Okay. I yep. have the DC Masterpiece trading card sitting right beside me. Which... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I have the Wikipedia page pulled up. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, that's five. That's enough for now. That's great. For this time. Well, but, the, but the Wikipedia doesn't have a sixth, so I don't even know. Bad Wikipedia. No biscuit. Which one is it missing? Wait a minute. One, two, three, four, Probably. five, six. I guess all six are here. Okay. Oh, that's right. I'm not going to spoil it. I forgot something. But yes, that's true. What did you forget? I have no idea what you're talking about, Jim. <laughs> you, all, you said her name was Spark, right? Yeah, correct. In the reboot, yeah. She also went by Livewire later. Did she? Well, according to Wikipedia, she did. So I, that's not not on your list. Okay, that's not. I don't recall that at all. When that does it say when she was Livewire? No, it's just notable aliases. Uh, it's aliases. Aliases. <laughs> I take anything Wikipedia says with a grain of salt. Yeah. Unless I'm editing, in which case you can, you can take throw it with a grain of salt. salt. Well, now you know what you're doing tomorrow, Michael. Yeah. Editing Wikipedia. 
All right. Been known to happen. Fair enough. All right. From Howard Madnick, uh, talking about last week's episode where we discussed Legionnaires number two. Uh, he says, another great episode as always, Legionnaires. This one promoted a few thoughts. On Dirk the Jerk. I like that. <laughs> I like it. And, uh, um... Inferno's character makes perfect Varner to me. I don't know if that's a typo. I think that's a typo, or maybe it's a reference I'm missing. Um, but he says, because he and Sunboy had the same formative experiences, that is, a womanizing asshat for a father. Um, yep. Inferno could have just been the Sunboy of the 60s if the writers uh, cared more about character development, but Inferno is enabled and encouraged by Livewire, so his his development is accelerated. Um, he also said that I had a great line in explaining why WandaVision is better as a series than as a movie, because I said the waiting is part of it. And he says, I'm surprised, though, that none of you added the line that popped into my head, that the waiting is the hardest part. And I actually, I got this message from him last Wednesday, and I responded right away and said, you know... I came very close to saying that, and I, I practically—it was bit, in my head too. Yeah, I practically bit my tongue not to say it. Um, and it's I'm, true, though. It's so true. I'm pretty sure I said it, but I was probably muted at the time. So fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, and he says, I'm, especially I'm, after this last week. Oh my god, yeah. the name drop, mic drop, done. Mm. Yes! Anyway. He says, I'm even more disappointed that uh, uh, Mano was so surprised by Gossamer, considering that Light Last did much the same thing and decked him as well back in uh, in Superboy uh, 219, the plunder ploy of the Fatal Five. Did it, Mano... Head bl- trauma. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. That Actually, it's funny you say that because he says, uh, did Mano block out this uh, traumatic experience? Did Ayla hit him so hard she concussed him? Uh, Apparently. Uh, Because this was where she said, uh, where she, uh, she, you know, decks him and uh, using her shoulder bag and says, Karate Kid would be ashamed of me. Trained by him, a master of hand-to-hand combat, and I instinctively use my shoulder bag. Um, he says, I also enjoyed 219 because uh, Ayla saw and was surprised by his face. A plot point mm-hmm. I don't recall ever being picked up on after. Um, and, uh, and finally he says the, uh, oh, 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 uh, um, a one question mini stump. He says the oh. discussion about the Tacron Galtos in Star Wars Gamerverse inspired this one question mini stump. Mm-hmm. The successor to Tacron Galtos was called Labyrinth. What yes. real world uh, building probably inspired the name? Um, I'm, let's go Greek mythology and say the Dungeons of Crete. That's what <laughs> let's I would go, thought. Yeah. Let's go Minotaur on that. <laughs> that is my that's, guess. I don't know. That would have been my guess. Yeah, that, and that's what I always figured too. And so this is only it is to be fair only a probably but um it is actually um uh, uh, it it is called the maze in northern ireland Ooh. and um like corn well i, I don't know or m a z e not m a i z e correct uh, correct sorry yes yes it's in ireland they're all about the potatoes there 
Um, that's true. That's true. Uh, but it is the site of a. There is a prison there um, uh, called uh, the prison maze, and uh, it is uh, that was the main uh, internment center in Northern Ireland for suspected terrorists during the seventies, uh, and was the focus of the nineteen eighty one Irish hunger strike. That was the Bobby Ooh. Sands thing. It closed in two thousand. Um, so. It Someone a, found the exit. It was Good. a high-profile prison at the time. Could mm-hmm. be. Could be. But the, um, yeah, I mean, I think that there is a, uh, a case that can be made for either. So there we go. Thanks very much, Howard. And um, speaking of, speaking of uh, Ayla Rands, by the way. Yes. Uh, so Wikipedia does say that after uh, Garth was, um, presumed dead in Legion Lost. She briefly took the name Livewire, but shortly before his return, she was convinced by Kid Quantum that she'd be better honoring her brother by being herself. Mm, so, I get that. So no, uh, no editing of Wikipedia is required yet. Oh, sweet. There we have it. Not today. Not today, Satan. Not today. Not today. Yeah, so the uh, the idea of uh, editing uh, Wikipedia would lead to a change in the uh, in in if you look in the page where they show the page oh editing history, and uh, and with that history in mind, what happened this week? Wow! In history. Wow! <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm just gonna have to come down from the stretches I had to do for that I, one. I know. <laughs> okay. How's your hamstring, Paul? <laughs> Take it away, Michael. All right. This week in Legion history, 50 years ago, March 1971, uh, Super DC Giant S24 uh, reprinted Action 297, which was a Supergirl story in which Lesla Lar, a villain from Candor, released a bunch of Phantom Zone villains during which we see Monel, only for them to kill her. And then other stuff happened, but that's the only uh, only thing we care about. Uh, and that's not the kind of book that we would talk about with a one-panel cameo of Monel. Uh, 35 years ago, 1986, uh, speaking of one-panel cameos, Hex number 10, Dawnstar, Element Lad, Shadowlass, and Superboy briefly appear in Hex's alternate post-apocalyptic 21st century future while time traveling spinning out of legion volume three number 23 which will have been going to have come out next week alternatively yes 30 years ago 1991 action comics 664 time and time again part five superman and chronos are trapped in the dinosaur age and finally that's one that you can go back and listen to we did that in episode 580. Yeah. 25 years ago, and I can't believe it was this long ago, uh, February 28th, 1996, was the X-Patrol number one. It was the first of the Amalgam books Oh yeah. to come out with a Legion character amalgamated. Oh, don't tell me. Don't tell me I can remember this oh. one. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Uh, if you want to go back and listen to the recap of all the Amalgam books, that was back in episode 207. But wow. question for Jim, which I had as a stump the sub question, who, what was the name of the Amalgam character? What was the name of the Legion character? And who was the Marvel character? 
that got matched together. It was Pharaoh Man. It was Pharaoh Lad and Colossus. Very good. Nice. Um, uh, so this was the uh, the Doom Patrol plus X Force, uh, which had characters Beastling, which was the Beast and Changeling, Dial H U S K, uh, which was Husk, who was I think with the Generation with- X. Yeah, I didn't know she was with X Force at the time. No, it, it's a random mishmash of of mutants. Okay, mostly uh, then, it's not. There's only a couple that are like directly tied to X Force. Yeah, and then there's Elastigirl, which was Elastigirl plus Janet Van Dyne. Uh, also plus Domino. She has the Domino yes. thing on her face, so she's oh, she's one of the, she's one of the few tri amalgams. Uh, Niles Cable, and and the. Uh, I get the the Paul Award for most convoluted name to shat, to shatter Starfire. Oh, that's mm. yeah, that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> so that was twenty five years ago. Whatever happened to Access? Anyway, uh, he's hanging out in limbo, waiting for DC and Marvel management to uh, come to an agreement. <laughs> and even then, I don't think we're ever going to see Access again. No. We didn't see him in JLA oh. Avengers. We're not going to see him again. <laughs> never say never, though. Yeah, I know, right? Maybe uh, he's so, the one who pops out of the cosmic egg. Anyway. So then five years ago, uh, February 29th, 2016, uh, Supergirl episode season or season one, episode 15 called Solitude, which is where we saw a Legion flight ring in Superman's Arctic Fortress. And maybe that will pay off in the new Superman season. Or a series that's coming out. Maybe. Maybe. Who and knows? then the, the very next day saw the release of Justice League Cosmic Clash straight to DVD. Uh, when Brainiac scatters the Justice League all over space time, Batman travels to the 30th century to find Superman. Unfortunately, Brainiac finds Superman first and brainwashes him. And so the Lego versions of Cosmic Boy, Lightning Lad, and Saturn Girl. Uh, help Batman make it to his dilapidated Batcave and find a device able to undo the brainwashing. And the Legionnaires uh, then lend a time sphere to Batman so he could return to his time. And if you were lucky enough, you caught the special package of this DVD that came with a Lego minifig of Cosmic Boy. I have it here on my shelf. (laughs) Aww. And that is This Week in Legion History. Yay! All right. Comments, as always, can be sent to us at Legion of Substitute Podcasters at gmail.com. Uh, we are also on the Twitter. We are LOSP Podcast. And you can join in the conversation on our Facebook page, which can be found at Facebook.LegionofSubstitutePodcasters.com. In addition to all those things, you can head over to our website, LegionofSubstitutePodcasters.com, where you can leave a comment on this or any episode. And with that, we make our way into the time bubble we're gonna travel forward to next friday when uh you will hear us on the legion show talking about war of the gods which was advertised as the underlined the uh event of 1991 even while armageddon 2001 was going on like (laughs) that's cold yo wasn't there a crossover between the two (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) and uh, so we will see you all 
next week. Night, people. <laughs>